On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. This morning, I'm going to be doing a little something-something here. I want to talk to you about community. Uh, We have seen that super challenged over the last several years, but I want to talk to you about this community. Uh, And I think the need for us to come together is greater than ever before, just seeing what's happening in our culture and in our society. So what would you, how would you answer this question? If, If someone asked you, what is the most important thing? What's the one thing that matters? how would you answer that? Just stop, think about it. What's the most important thing? What's the, what's the one thing that matters in your life? How, how would you answer that? Because Paul told the church in Galatia, right? There's a church meeting in Galatia, Asia Minor. Here's what he says. He says this, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. Paul gave an answer. I'm like, I, got, I have a thousand answers to the question. I, I saw the scripture and I was like, I could go so many directions. And Paul says, the only thing that matters, faith, expressing itself in love. I'm like, he, he, got, he got down to it, right? He says, this is the most important thing. And as apprentices in Jesus, we're learning how to live as loved in the kingdom of God here and now. And I talked about that this last week and in this last series, The Kingdom of God. If you missed any of that, I encourage you to get on the website. Please go podcast it on your drive to work or whatever it is, but just listen to that because we're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where we are. But how do we live that out? We are a faith community. Learning every day what it means to reconcile, to love, forgive, and serve in our community. So we're this faith community, but we're living in a community. And, and so I've been hitting this a lot. Many of you have picked up Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. Uh, I encourage this book, and I just I tore it up. I know it is small, but it is packed. And so we had about 40 copies of these, and people picked those up. And I encourage you, read that, because I want to have lunch with you. If you, if you got that book, I'm, I'm going to have lunch with you, because I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, coming up in June, we're going to be having lunch together, over life together. Uh, but so, so a lot of people picked up Bonhoeffer's Life Together. Um, also, in the Resource Center, is a book called The Good and Beautiful Community. Now, this is my my second time through this, and um, I kind of tear up my books. So my, my notes, I, I take extensive notes because i got to remember the stuff that needs to be remembered. You know? So I'm, I'm heading my second time through right now with Jim Smith's uh, Good and Beautiful Community. Uh, what an amazing book, right? It, it's, it obviously takes a little bit more dedication. You can see the difference, right? A little bit more dedication in reading this book, but I, I want to encourage you to pick it up. If you're like, how do I live in community? This is part of a series that Jim Smith has written, uh, and we carry all of them in our resource center. But this one in particular is about community, and I think the message is really needing to be heard right now, which is why I put this out. And also, several months ago, I put this one out, Alone Together. This, what you can see already, right, There's so, <laughs> there, there is a, a commitment level 
that changes, right? So, so your commitment level is like, how deep do I want to go? Ushers have these. These are in the resource center. But alone together, I cannot believe how appropriate this title is for what we are living out as the body of Christ in these days. Somehow, we are together, but we're alone, and it's not good. And so I made these available. A guy named Keith Matthews, I got to hear him speak, and I said, how do I get this article? I I translated the article so that I could have it in a reader. But I want to encourage you, Keith Matthews, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Jim Smith, I, I encourage you, start asking yourself, what's my community? Where am I together? I, I genuinely do not know how people do it today without community. I see people in our congregation going through tough times, whether it's a death in the family, having to move, a job change, all those things. And then I watch the community come around and meal trains happen and all this and support. And I go, how do people do it without community? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would live if I didn't have someone to turn to and say, oh, you got to pray for me because, man, my life is about to explode. Right? All this togetherness is part of God's plan for his people. And that's today's very simple encouragement. And as usual, when I say simple, I don't mean easy. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean straightforward. As much as the large gatherings that happen like this, and they're happening all over the valley, but the large gatherings that are in here, they are important. I want to tell you, it's the smaller gatherings. It's the smaller gatherings that are happening out there that are really where we see the benefits of our gathering together. And I think we need to see those benefits. I'm not talking about the church on every corner, okay? Not, not this larger congregational gathering, but the gatherings that are happening on every street and in every neighborhood. I, I will never stop talking about this. Good, better, best. This concept of good, better, and best. It's super important that we get this down. That rows are good, that's where we learn about faith. Rows are good, right? But circles are better because that's where discipleship comes in. But if I want to get to the best, I move into chairs because that's where accountability happens and that's where formation happens. That's where transformation happens is in smaller groups where people actually know who I am and what I'm going through. I'm not talking about catching up. I'm talking about keeping up. Good, better, best. We can develop our faith right here, but we become apprentices and disciples when we get out of these rows and into circles. And if you want to see transformation in your life, if you are tired of struggling with the same stuff for the last 10 years, get into chairs where people know what's going on in your life and go, hey, what what happened with that thing at work yesterday? I know we were praying about that on last Saturday. How did it all go? Like, whoa. Again, there's this good, better, best component and this kind of togetherness that i'm talking about as a faith community it protects us it provides for us it empowers and equips and matures us and we need this this is where christian spiritual formation really happens without being together we are open to attacks the attacks of loneliness the attacks of doubt Compromise, unbelief. 
I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone who doesn't believe anymore after they've made several decisions. Well, I'm making these decisions, therefore I no longer believe what the Bible says. Wait, you should check out what the Bible says and then make your decisions. But we're making decisions and then decide, I don't believe in that anymore. Did you read it? The first apprentices of Jesus, we watched them, they worshipped, they studied, they ate, they prayed together. It's about us being together. That that's where our, our sanctuary template for community groups came in. I just simply said, how did they do that? What were they doing that was causing such, watch this, not numerical growth, spiritual growth? I said, what did they do? And it's these community groups that we watch. We watch it happen. It happened in the Old Testament plenty. You could see it happening in family groups. But it was these community groups that were happening that that's how the early church grew. That's how their lives were transformed. And the togetherness that I'm talking about today blesses the people who are in the room, for sure. But I think that's a, a byproduct. I think that's actually secondary to the reason and to the purpose of these small groups. And there's something that happens when we gather in neighborhoods. There's something that happens when we gather in homes, something that I don't think we think about much. And if you got your app and you're open up to your app, I got some notes for you this morning. Here's, here's the first of our notes for you this morning. The house gathering. This is the witness to our world, the watching world, that the, the goodness of our loving God is poured out. People go, does God love his people? And I think what happens is these house gatherings are the witness to that. People go, what's happening with these people that gather together? Open your Bibles, if you've got them, or turn them on to Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament, the four good news books. Right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar in their stories, and then John kind of tells a completely different perspective. And then the, it's what I call Luke Two or the second Luke. It's the book of Acts. Luke wrote this one as well. He did all kinds of research, all kinds of study, got all the facts, and then put them down for us in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, I want to show you, again, a template. This is how the apprentices of Jesus. Jesus is now gone. He's, he has ascended. He's back into heaven. He said this, hey, I can't hang out with you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I, 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 I got I to gotta get it ready for you, so I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's what happens. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Let me read this together. All the believers are devoting themselves to, number one, the apostles' teaching. Then, number two, fellowship. He keeps going. Number three, Sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, communion, right? Whatever you want to call that, the Lord's table. It's got all kinds of names, right? And then number four, prayer. Watch this. The teaching, fellowship, meals, and prayer. This is how they gathered together. Verse 43, Acts chapter 2. A deep sense of awe comes over them all, and the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44. All the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they have. What do you mean they, sh what do you mean they shared everything that they have? 
What does that mean? Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. Verse 46, then what happens? Well, they worship together at the temple. There's the rose. Worshiping together at the temple. They're in the rose each day. And they met in homes. There's the circles. You catching it? This is this template, right? And, they, and they're, they're meeting in homes for the Lord's Supper. Beloved, there are times I don't want to do communion in church anymore, in the gathering, for just for this one little verse. We should be doing it in our homes. Let's, let's have communion in our homes. Let's have the Lord's Supper in our homes. That's where the early believers were doing it. Yes, they had it. You, you saw it earlier. They're sharing in their meals, including Lord's Supper, but they're doing it in homes. Do you know how often we could have the Lord's Supper rather than, watch, I, I try and do it a couple times a month here as a congregation because we need to celebrate it. Jesus said, every time you do this, this is how you can remember me. I want to do that often. But imagine if I did this in my home once a week as a family dinner night. We're going to have, we're going to have dinner together. If, you, if you've got family, if you live alone, you should have dinner with somebody once a week at least. But that one night, this is what we did. We insisted in my home, our kids growing up, we had two nights a week where we had to have dinner in the house. It was crazy. You know, we're raising four kids and soccer practice and piano and then ballet and everybody's going to all different places, right? I'm like, ah. Two, two nights a week, we're going to have a meal in this house together. Imagine if we were having the Lord's Supper. Then watch this. They shared their meals together, right? With joy, great joy and generosity. And verse 47, and all the while... They're praising God. What happens when you have a gathering like this? What happens? Check it out. They enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. To what end? What happens when you enjoy the goodwill of the people? Watch this. Each day, the Lord adds to their fellowship those who are being saved. When people gather together for teaching and fellowship, and sharing in meals, and the Lord's Supper, when people are gathering in homes, having the Lord's Supper together, when people are sharing and making sure that needs are taken care of, and when people are worshiping together in rows and in circles. You, you see the, the format that's happening here? When all that happens, people come to Jesus because they go, how do, I, how do I get to that place? How do I get to this, what I talked about in this last series, questionable living that's what this is that's questionable people who live like this see gathering together is important if if we're going to grow spiritually and fulfill our part of the great co-mission jesus gave us a co-mission i've been on a mission you're a part of it this is our co-mission together go into all the world preach the gospel preach the good news share the good news share with people everything that i've told you don't worry, I'm going to be with you forever. You, you've got an advocate coming, a comforter coming. I'm like, okay. Now, I mentioned earlier, very quickly before, but allow me to mention it again. To not gather, to not gather is spiritually dangerous. It is spiritually dangerous because I think it grows the three Ds. If you're taking notes, here's the three Ds. Ready? First one is discouragement. 
All you got to do is put in the D, right? Second one is doubt. Third one is depression. I'm giving you the three Ds. I didn't even make you spell them out. Just put D, D, D if you're taking the notes, right? Right? Three, the three Ds. When we don't gather, this is what happens. Discouragement, doubt, and depression. Let me give you 10 seconds to think about this. Just think about it. When I have been isolated, what started to happen? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Right? When I isolate myself, when I pull myself away, when I'm not hanging out with people, when I'm not interacting with people, ding, ding, ding. The three Ds, they multiply in isolation. They're like mushrooms. They love the dark and that's when they grow. In the dark, discouragement, doubt, and depression. This is when it all comes to pass. Now, open, flip over to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. We don't know who wrote this, but uh, some people have said it was Paul. I'm, I'm not so sure based on some of the, re- the, the writing style, but Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, right? You get past the Timothy brothers and before you get to James, right? So Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 25. Look what the writer says to us. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together. I'm going to come to the, the, that phrase right there, meeting together. As some people do. Not us people, but some people do, right? All right. <laughs> let us not neglect our meeting together. Some people do, but encourage one another. Right. That's it. Encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his, Jesus, return is drawing near. It is likely that if you've been at the sanctuary for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about this uh, numerous times over the past several years. Honestly, I'll be the first person to tell you that this meeting together looks very different than it ever has in, in, in my lifetime. Um, I have spent a lot of time in the last four years meeting together online. I have a cohort that meets in a Zoom room as I'm working through my master's degree. I'm like, this is not meeting together. This is like the weirdest thing. I mean, yeah, I see your face and yeah, I hear your voice, but I'm, I'm not with you. I'm with you, but I'm not with you. And that's why, for those of you who are joining us online, I encourage you, if you're able, get here. Or if you're not, find a place close to you. I encourage people, get into the body. There's something about the gathering. But that's where I want to kind of zero in for a moment because about what this verse is actually talking about, this, this phrase meeting together, it's a really cool Greek word. I'm not going to get into it right now. But what it suggests is the meeting together, it, it's complete collection. That's, that's what this phrase meeting together in the original is when you have a complete collection, right? He says, hey, don't forget... He says, why don't you make sure that we don't neglect the complete collection. Oh, the complete collection. The complete includes all the things we just talked about in Acts chapter 2. To make it complete, we've got to get the worship, the prayer, the reading, the teaching, the hearing, the praying. That's what makes it all complete. But it's even more. This complete collection is about empowering one another in, in a life together moment, how to live for God. When we're together. See, it's, 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 this is good. 
But there is better. There is very little interaction here. I get it. This is the first part of Acts chapter 2. Paying attention to teaching. Get, get good teaching for yourselves. But then, get into relationship. So this is good. The rows are good. But circles are better. Where I'm starting to talk about it. That's why every one of our services, we're going, hey, take five minutes and turn these rows into circles. Talk about the thing that you just heard. Get it, get it moving in your mind. This is a saying... And, and, and it's something that, that, is, that is in us that we, we've got to get this through. We are better together. We're better together. Now, this empowerment happens when we're living life together. But I cheated you out of verse 24. So check out Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 24. Because it, it's right before what I just talked about. Don't neglect getting together. But check out verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And don't neglect getting the complete collection together. See, I need us to be together. To do something intentional. Taking notes, this one's for you. We got to get creative. We, got, we have to, that's what this is talking about. We have to incite one another. We have to provoke one another in every good sense to acts of love and good works. Come on, we can do it. Hey, I'm going down to feed the homeless. Hey, I'm gonna go take this over there. You wanna go with me? Hey, I'm helping a neighbor clean out their yard. She, she had a surgery, she can't do it. I'm gonna take the weeds down for her. You wanna help me? That's called inciting. That's called provoking other people to good works, to love. And that happens, not here, and that's okay. That's not what this was designed for. Now, some of you have heard, and I just want to give you an example of this. Some of you heard, I, I, I come from a family of seven kids, right? So seven kids. My parents owned a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Gospel truth, we would go to Santa Monica Beach from the San Fernando Valley in the Volkswagen Beetle, all of us in the Beetle. My two youngest sisters were in the backpack, you know, that little tiny boop. They were in that section. There were more in the back, and then two in the front row, and my mom. And we would all go to the beach in this little Volkswagen Beetle. It was all before the laws changed, but nobody died. Okay. Look, watch this. Here's the point. Here's my point. That's not what that was designed for. A Volkswagen Beetle was not designed to carry eight people. It was the people's car, Volkswagen, right? But that's not what it was designed for. We were supposed to have a bigger car. See, watch this. That's not what this is designed for. This is not designed for intimate conversations, getting to know one another, keeping, keeping up with people. No, we're catching up with people here. And I don't expect something out of this gathering that it's not designed for. So I, go, I, I keep going. To be mature apprentices of Jesus, we've got to engage with knowing and loving God on three levels. Three levels. Our minds, our hearts, and our actions. Listen to me. Minds, hearts, and actions. We're all wired very differently. We prefer one over another, which is why transformation, if we're going to be transformed, is reached as we're in a faith community. 
because you're not like me and you don't see God the way I see God and you don't interact with God the way I interact with God. Some people go, oh, you got to stay busy working for God. And, and other people go, oh, you got to stay busy being quiet for God. And yes, yes. This person needs to learn to be quiet and this person needs to get busy. You guys following it? And that's how we grow. We, we, in the context of a faith community, that's where people learn from one another. And that's why we do these community groups. I, I want to I end our study, quick study today. Uh, I, I want to end it with this, this phrase that's in verse 25 here. He, the writer says this, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do, do, you, do you see it? Do, do you see the day of his return? Is that true? Is the day of his return coming soon? Is, is what we're looking at, what the Bible describes, they use this phrase, the last days. That, that's what the Bible uses, right? Just take a look around. Does this match what the Bible says would be happening in the last days, before he returns? Watch this, 2 Timothy, I'm just going to go to the left here, you want to join me, 2 Timothy 3, I'm just going to, I want to read these to you, 2 Timothy chapter, uh, ch- chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, you should know this, that in the last days, just let me do a little inventory here, there will be very difficult times, people will love only themselves and their money, they'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful, they'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They'll slander others with no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than love God. Does that sound familiar at all? Let's keep going. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Does that sound familiar? Does that look like what we see happening? A time is coming in the last days. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then watch this one, Second Peter. Oh, Second Peter chapter 3. I want to remind you, in the last days, verse 3, scoffers will come. They'll mock the truth, and they'll follow their own desires. They'll say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the time of our ancestors, everything's remained the same since the world was first created. Later he says, hey, Jesus isn't slow in returning. He's just making sure everybody has an opportunity to repent. Does that sound like what's happening in our world? I read that and I go, these are the last days, which is why I think we need community groups. I think we need to be together more than ever. So check this out. This is a map of Santa Clarita Valley. Map of Santa Clarita Valley. Here's where it gets practical. Here's where the sanctuary is at. We're located over here, right? Whoop, whoop, look at our five stars. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is where we're looking. I'm going to show you where the community groups are. Here's where our community groups are. They're scattered all over the valley. I'm going to start way over here in Castaic. It's a heater, the treehouse group meeting in Castaic on Sundays, right? Then we got the Belties meeting at the Powell's house over here in Canyon Country. 
Tuesdays, right? The Edwards are meeting at the Obelisk place, just, just up at the top of White's Canyon, kind of whoop, almost dumped over into Plum Canyon, right? Nope, not quite. Vicki McCoy's leading at the Baileys, what I call Central Canyon Country, on Thursdays. Royster's are in Friendly Valley Country Club. They're in the Country Club, right, just past the gate on Wednesdays, right? Uh, the Safels are meeting in New Hall. Right here, I know this, it's kind of odd. It feels like Canyon Country right here. New Hall seems like San Fernando Road, but this is actually New Hall, right? So they're meeting on Wednesdays. The Smiths are meeting at the DuPonts. They're meeting on Wednesdays as well. They're in Canyon Country Central. Spencer's meeting at Marsha Gray's place. Again, just over Plum Canyon, just right on the other side. I, that's considered Saugus. Now, for those who've been around Santa Cruz long enough, you're like, that's paintball fields. No, it's houses and supermarkets and all kinds of things, right? Then the Walters immediately at the Kuykendalls in the same area over Plum Canyon. Beloved, all, all this can be found in the app. It can be found, it's right in the app. Go to community groups. It's right there. It's all listed there. But I'm telling you, we're living in the last days and more than ever, we need to come together. We need to complete the collection. We've got to get together with one another. If you don't have the app, get the app. If you don't like apps, go to thesanctuarychurch.com slash community. Get, get into a community group. And please know this. If you're a partner here at the sanctuary, right now we have nine community groups. I want to have 18 by the end of the year. I'm looking for more leaders. I'm looking for more hosts. I'm looking for more people. You know why? Because the world seems to be getting more crazier. <laughs> we just need to find places for people to plug in refuge. A city of refuge over Plum Canyon. A city of refuge Friendly Valley, a city of refuge, New Hall, city of refuge, Canyon Country. I, we need more of these places. I want to I double our community groups. I think it's necessary. Now, some of you may be asking, what happened to the whole team thing? I thought we were going to do team. It's not together everyone accomplishes much. It is timely encouragement and motivation. That's what, it's, that's what it is. Timely encouragement and motivation. We need to be motivated we need to be motivated to love good works. That, that's, that's necessary. Here, here's a bit of motivation for you. You ready? Why do chicken coops have two doors? Because if they had four doors, they'd be chicken sedans. <laughs> this is what you get at a community group. Silly nothingness. It's, it's what I, it, here's what it was defined for me. Laughing and scratching. Just being close enough together with one another that you're interacting, that you're laughing, you're talking, you're learning, you're having relationships. But you know what it's going to come down to? Like, here's the dud joke of the week. I, it, one of my, it's totally favorite. Okay. Here's the scriptures for today. I've given you all these. Here's these scriptures, 2 Peter, 2 Timothy, or, uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Peter. Those are the last day scriptures in here. So these are the scriptures for this week. You can check those out this week. I encourage you, read those scriptures this week and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you asking me to do? Now we're going to turn these rows into circles. Here's some questions for you. What's your takeaway? How often are you in rows? Remember, rows are good. That's where it's large congregational alignment. It's the worship times. How often are you in discipleship circles? Those are better. It's small groups. It's Bible study. It's fellowship. And how often are you in accountability chairs, which I think is the best? It's close friends where you are with 
and for one another.